to Building Stronger Creatives, a fitness podcast for musicians, artists, nerds, and former misfits. I'm a former out-of-shape professional musician turned personal trainer and nutrition coach to hundreds of clients, and I'll give you no-nonsense information about what it really takes to get and stay fit within the context of a creative life. Here, you'll find practical advice on strength and endurance training, sane and simple nutrition, habit building, and time management tools to help you make lifestyle changes that actually stick. Most fitness coaches have no clue what it really means to be a creative, whether you're a professional or a passionate hobbyist. I'm different. I've been where you are, and I share your values. Let me show you how you can use the gym to build a kick-ass creative life. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Building Stronger Creatives. I'm your host, Caroline Juster, and today we have a special guest on the podcast, John Maurer. Is that how you say your last name? I should have confirmed that before. That is. Oh, okay. no. I nailed it. I think you're like the only person Yeah, that nailed it. Yeah, that was great. Okay, cool. I feel good about that. Yeah, so John and I connected online recently, and I've been following his journey, and I'm really excited for him to share more about that. He is a musician. He's going to tell you a little bit more about what he does. Um, he's also gotten really into triathlon, and I know he has a really interesting personal story with fitness and just with life in general, and I'm really excited to learn more about, about that and to have him share some of his wisdom with you. So, John, if you don't mind giving the listeners a little bit more introduction on who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, well, first and foremost, thanks again for having me on. Um, so uh, I like to call myself a trumpet artist and a music educator um, just because a trumpet player just, I don't know, sounds lame. So uh, trumpet art sounds more uh, fun and upbeat. Um, uh, so and with that, uh, I do a lot of freelance work. I'm an assistant band director for the local marching band here. Uh, I also teach at a conservatory private lessons during the evenings. Uh, I have my own private lesson studio at home as well that I teach in the evenings. But um, I guess what you could say, my full-time job, if you want to call that, quote unquote, is that I'm a stay-at-home dad. So for the past six years, my oldest is six and my youngest is two, uh, I've been uh, a stay-at-home dad. And uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's the best thing ever to witness you know, be right there for everything. Uh, also saves us some money from, from daycare, uh, which is nice. But uh, it, it's it's been it's been difficult, but also um, quite cool, I guess you can say, um, because I still get to teach and I still get to perform uh, as a freelance artist, as well as being here for my uh, my two boys. It's so cool that you get to work, you know, as a as a as a teacher, as a professional musician, and be there for your family. I'm curious, like. Um, do you feel like doing one of those things helps you be better at the other? So like being a, you know, stay at home dad helps you be a better teacher or vice versa. And if so, like how, what are some of the, the things that you think carry over? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm a much more understanding uh, with students. For instance, I just actually, my, my oldest is autistic and I just got a new student who is also on the spectrum and teaching him, uh, I've been much more understanding and also ways that I keep my oldest son focused, I'm able to do with him. So just just that little bit has helped me tremendously. The way I perform as a musician now, uh, having kids is just so different because there's a different kind of emotion behind it. 
than than before you know mm-hmm. there's a different type of purpose behind it like i'm expressing these different feelings that i have now for my kids and same thing can be said even with fitness you know the reason why i'm doing fitness and running and, and triathlons having them behind like uh, in my mind is so much different than before than, than not having kids you know so it, it, it everything is this one big circle that connects everything together you know yeah, it's nice when you can organize your life that way and you have all these things that are important to you and, you know, doing one makes you better at the other. Uh, I, I'm also curious, did you always uh, want to be a teacher, like in your, you know, younger days of being a musician or is that something that you you fell into because of circumstances or life or whatever? I always wanted to be a band director when okay. I was a kid. Um, yeah, yeah, it just so happened. So I, I, hopefully I don't make a long story longer, but... <laughs> But um, my mother passed away when I was uh, eight years old, mm. um, and I kind of found music as kind of an outlet around that time as well. Ever since then, all my band directors and music teachers have been almost, um, uh, I don't want to say parent figures because my dad was also there, but, but they were uh, extremely important mentors to me. And I always enjoyed that and always kind of was like, wow, it's such a cool and exciting way to, to live and, and to make a living. Uh, to be a band director or a music teacher and i would love to do that as well i'd love to give back to students and what what those teachers have given to me and so i went to college for music education and it just so happens though that around that time uh, i started falling in love more with the performance side of things mm-hmm. uh, than teaching so to speak and so i continued my studies to a master's degree in trumpet performance still kind of having the end in mind where i wanted to teach collegiately but i never got there not yet anyway <laughs> word yet like uh personal before professional uh, i got engaged married and my wife found a job in milford where i am now or dingman's ferry really where it is uh in the pocono mountains and um i've been here ever since um kind of just uh following the path that's laid before me instead of making my own you know mm-hmm. that sort of thing um, so I hope that answers your question. <laughs> so yes, I always wanted to teach, um, but it was kind of, it's not always a straight line. If, if, if there's one thing life has taught me, that's never a straight line. It's always like there's these different uh, pathways that you take and it's always to this, you, you, ne- you never know, you have to be open to everything. For sure. I love that too, because like growing up, uh, I also, I not just in band, but although I did have a lot of these people in my musical life, but I always felt like a strong connection with teachers and band directors that I really like. So I, I totally get where you're coming from. And the desire to then step into that role is pretty cool. And yeah, for anyone who, who can't see, well, nobody can see if they're not um, watching a clip on Instagram, but John is in his beautiful home in the mountains. He's got like trees behind him. So he's definitely in a, in a nice place for sure. So uh, we've talked, you know, briefly about what you do professionally, about your family life. I, in this episode, really want to get into like your personal journey as it relates to like fitness specifically, but also just health and wellness in general, you know, as much as you feel um, willing to share, because I know you've had quite a ride. And my first question for you is like, were you someone that was always into exercise or into fitness? Or did you have some sort of fitness origin story where something tipped you over the edge or got you to start working out and thinking more about this stuff? I, I always exercised, but I never took, I always kind of took my fitness and um, my health for granted. Mm-hmm. I was very one-minded and it really comes down to just being uncomfortable. Not now I know um, what, it, what it was. It was just really being uncomfortable with who I was. From a very young age, I always trying to mimic other people. And even going back to what I was saying about having music and characters that I looked up to that they were mentors. 
I was trying to mimic them uh, being uncomfortable with who I was. Yeah, I always exercised, but it wasn't to a great extent. You know, I never took uh, my diet very, very um, seriously, my health very seriously. I kind of took it for granted. Uh, my body, quote unquote, took it for granted. And uh, what took place was, I guess I found fitness and and health through uh, sobriety. So going back to like being uncomfortable with who I was, I always start, well, I don't want to say always, but even, even before I, I was married, I found that alcohol for me was a vice to kind of cover up uh, the certain disease that I had of being uncomfortable. Um, so in my master's, especially, I found that being uncomfortable with uh, separated from my, my fiance at the time, now wife, uh, she was in Ithaca and I was at Penn State. So it was like long distance relationship and being uncomfortable with that and uh, not really coming to terms with past experiences like with, with uh, my mom's death and all sorts of other, other things that I didn't really come to terms with. Um, I found that alcohol was kind of covering that up. Again, trying to be other players too. Like as a musician, I feel like we, we mimic and that's good as an artist, right? My artists were supposed to mimic other artists. That's art, you know, in general. We look and we observe uh, life and what other people are, are doing. We take that and we mold it into something that is ourselves. And I think that's great, but you don't want to mimic their lifestyle, so to speak, right? And that's what I was kind of doing. I was trying to be, you know, the, the next, you know, Jens Lindemann or um, <laughs> uh, these all, all big over-the-top personalities. And it wasn't me. And um, I wasn't comfortable with that. And so I, I was kind of covering it up with alcohol. Uh, my son was born and it slowed down uh, the drinking. Then I released an album and that album kind of lifted up into the light a little bit more of past experiences that I didn't come to terms with in that album. And so the more, more drinking was happening, more drinking. And I started to realize then that my health was important but I was kind of like a, like a snowball effect, you know, it was, already, it was kind of too late. So I was starting to exercise and work out more and lift weights. And then I was living in denial. So I would go to the gym and lift and then I would come home and I would, you know, ha drink 12 beers or drink an entire gallon of that. I remember the last few months before I found sobriety, I was drinking those big gallon jugs of wine and uh, living in denial, thinking that like, oh, I just work out more and not necessarily looking at my health and my mental well-being. Uh, I was looking more focused on the physical well. And I was like, well, this doesn't make sense. I'm gaining weight and I'm exercising crazy. What's what's going on? Why it, it can't be me. It has to be something different, right? So what took place was a few things. I listened to a podcast. Uh, this podcast was with Cameron Haynes, this 2019. Cameron Haynes is a bow hunter, but he's also an ultra runner. Uh, uh, it does like 100 mile runs and sort of thing. So he's on this podcast and he's talking about why he doesn't drink and, and why he does what he does. And he said these words, he said, I didn't want to be a loser father and I didn't want to be a loser husband. And it really hit me hard because I was looking at his life and I was looking at my life like, wow, what, what's taking place here? You know, I, I'm a loser husband. I'm a loser father, you know, around that same time. Uh, I was also listening to a Navy SEAL, his name's Jocko Willink. I'm sure everybody knows who Jocko Willink is now. Um, but if you don't, yeah, um, you should definitely check him out. He's pretty intense. Um, but he was talking about jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. 
And so I was looking around and again, living in denial, I was like, oh, I should try Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I'll be wonderful at it. It's going to be awesome and I'm going to kick ass and uh, it's going to be great. And, you know, at this time I'm weighing like 220 pounds and I'm 5'4", you know, so I was quite heavy and, and very unhealthy and my breathing wasn't feeling right and um, I, I could barely run a mile. And again, living in denial, thinking to myself, man, like I could do all this stuff not necessarily clicking, you know, of how my lifestyle was at the time with alcohol. And so I went to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I could, I didn't do any training whatsoever. Uh, what I did was I worked on different fundamental techniques and even just doing that, I was drenched in sweat. So we were doing like hip escapes and rolls. I think the entire, my, my entire first class. Um, now looking back though, I think it was pretty cool because the sensei, uh, his name's Harry uh, Brodsky, he, he stayed with me the entire time. He could have had like another student come and work with me, like a higher belt, but he stayed with me. And so that was really cool now looking back at that. So that was um, 2019. That was around September 2019. Um, the whole month I was still drinking. I was missing class at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And then October hit. Uh, I was missing some classes. It was like Monday, Wednesday, Fridays with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I wasn't getting any better. I wasn't losing any weight and everything started to kind of come into terms. Um, and I was kind of like sick of my own shit, you know, and my wife, this was maybe not the first time, but she was seeing the downfall. I mean, in the past, she's told me like, you know, you got to stop what you're doing. Or I'm going to leave with Patrick. Uh, Arthur wasn't born at the time, my youngest. And, um, I, I started again, having, more health problems, uh, breathing, waking up, feeling completely distrenched in sweat. It was just not, uh, I could tell that if I was kept doing the lifestyle that I was living, I, I, I wasn't going to make it that, that long, you know? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be there in the future. I wanted to have a future and I wanted to be there for my son, most importantly. And I wanted to teach him things that dads teach their, their sons, you know, and like teach him how to tie a tie and, and be there when he, you know, when he goes to his prom and and teach him how to fish and, and, you know, teach him how to drive. And I wanted to be there for him. My wife also made an ultimatum for me. She said, you know, you can either buy a case of beer or you can, we can buy for the first month of, uh, or the next month of jujitsu. So you make a decision is what she said. And so I like to say now that jujitsu kind of saved my life because I picked jujitsu mm -hmm. and I stayed with jujitsu. Uh, I also started going to some AA meetings. It wasn't necessarily for me. Um, so I focused more on the, um, the mental aspect of fitness than necessarily AA meetings, not saying that AA meetings are bad. It just wasn't for me. And ever since then, I'm, I haven't had a drink. So now I'm like three and a half years sober. And, um, it was jujitsu that really kind of, I guess, kind of pushed me over the edge to kind of have that, that like, you know, talk to God uh, conversation, you know, that uh, kind of, you know, changed my life around. Um, and ever since then, I fell in love with fitness and, and, and health, most importantly, and mental health is really the big thing. Like, I don't consider myself like this fitness fanatic or, or, you know, health nut. I'm learning like everyone else, you know, I'm maintaining the mindset of the student always. But I, I do, I do think that the, my mental journey, my mental health journey, I think is something that people can look at and say, wow, okay, yeah, it's so, so crucial, especially as a musician. 
because really what took place was is the lifestyle of the musician I was trying to imitate. A lot of times we see these larger than life personalities, and I mentioned Jens Lindemann, but I, I do nothing against Lens. I, I I love Lens, but it's it's just like, just in general, you know, we, hand, hand in hand, you know, alcohol and and um, substance abuse kind of goes with musician lifestyle, um, and it shouldn't. Uh, and really, what it is is, you know, alcohol and substance abuse is covering up these uncomfortable feelings that we're not really coming to terms with as musicians. Um, that's what I've, you know, I've learned over the years being three and a half years sober. And so that's, that's where I found fitness. I tried to summarize the long story as best I could. Yeah. Well, I mean, congrats on three and a half years. That's a huge deal. And thank you for sharing all that. That's like a really powerful story. And, and I appreciate that you were open to speaking about it. I'm curious, do you still uh, do jujitsu or has it taken a backseat for now since you're doing other things? Yeah. So what took place was the pandemic hit. Mm. So that was 2019 when I started jujitsu and pandemic and jujitsu and gyms were all closed right in 2020. Sure. Um, and I needed some sort of outlet, right? I needed some sort of mental outlet to kind of let off steam, I guess you can say, or different emotions that I was happening. So I had to find something. Like I said, I was really into Cam uh, Cameron Haynes, who's a runner. Um, I was also really started getting into other types of um, long distance runners uh, over uh, Instagram, which is, uh, I think, can be a really helpful source for musicians as well as um, fitness and, and health enthusiasts to kind of see what other people are doing and kind of motivate them. And so I found like David Goggins and, that, and that, those, those sort of people. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll just start running. And so I ran and I made it a mile. And I was, I was like, man, uh, especially up here in the mountains, you know, with the hills over hills. I was like, this is really great. So I just started running every single day and, and picking up my, my distance. I wasn't necessarily worried about how fast I was going. Um, it was just how pretty much how long in the distance I was going. And um, the gym started going, started opening up again. I started going back to jujitsu uh, and I was balancing running with jujitsu. But then I kind of had this kind of feeling last year to, to kind of push myself to see how far I can go uh, as, as an athlete now. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I heard these a lot of people say like, wow, John, and, I, and at that point I was doing like half marathons. I was even like increasing my distance even more. And, you know, I was doing 40 miles a week, um, six, maybe five to six miles a day, you know? Wow. Every day. Yeah. And people were like, well, John, you should try maybe different, <laughs> again, learning from my mistakes. <laughs> mix it up a little. <laughs> yeah. You should probably mix it up. Your knees are going to thank you later. And I was like, you know, I'm, I was never really good at, at, at swimming or being a cyclist um, but I bought a, I bought a bike and I started biking to kind of mix it up every other day and run and then I was like maybe I had a couple of friends I saw on Facebook that started doing triathlons and I was like wow that's so cool that's like so interesting to see how they push themselves and how they had different journeys I have a friend her name is Erin McCardle I think her I might be pronouncing her last name wrong but she's from high school and I've been I haven't talked to her since high school uh, until now. Mm -hmm. And I, I reached out to her and I was like, I started doing triathlons and like, that's so awesome. Like, I'm thinking about doing it. Maybe I should do a half Ironman. This is still, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm like in, in dream world. And she was like, whoa, 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 slow down. Maybe you should like start with a sprint <laughs> first, you know? And uh, I was like, okay, great. And like, so I, last year I, I did, I started doing triathlons and I was horrible at everything, you know? And I love it. I love it. I love, 
I love, um, I love, I guess, I don't know. I, I love starting and being horrible at things and working towards the, just the process. Like I, I, I'm in love with the process mm-hmm. is really what it is. I've become the person that is in love with the process, not necessarily the, the end, but the, the process itself of like completely sucking at something <laughs> and just like, working on that process to getting better and better and better, you know, and that's going back to really sobriety, you know, the, the term one day at a time, it's so generic and so kind of cheesy. People hear it all the time, but it's so true. Uh, and not just with sobriety, but just in life in general, as long as you take one step forward, okay, you make some sort of progress. Little progress is still progress. People don't realize that. Mm-hmm. They, they're always looking at this entire, this entire mountain. They see this entire mountain. If you can see your next step, then your next step, and then your next step. And sooner or later, you'll get it at that, at that peak, you know? And I love that. I love that. And I love that with fitness now. And so, sorry, I kind of just rambled to kind of get to your point. But, but so then this year, I made it to the goal. I see the mountain. And the mountain now is my goal is to do in half Ironman. Um, but what was taking place was Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I was at jiu-jitsu. So while I love jiu-jitsu, and like I said, it, it saved my life, mm-hmm. so to speak, I needed to make some sort of sacrifice time-wise because obviously it wasn't my family. (laughs) I didn't want to sacrifice (laughs) any time with my family. And first and foremost, my sobriety, that's really, you know, my key. Uh, That's what I focus on the most. That's what's most important. All this other stuff wouldn't, wouldn't be here without that. Mm -hmm. So sobriety and family. um, So something had to give, something had to, I guess I had to sacrifice something. So right now I stopped, I, I stopped in February of this year. Uh, so I could use that time to uh, swim, bike, run, <laughs> and use that time to focus on the end goal, which is next year doing a half Ironman. So right now it's kind of a hiatus with jujitsu. I hope to be back next year uh, or maybe in the fall, just maybe for a few months to kind of get my bearings together with that again, because I don't want to lose it, right? If you don't use it, you'll lose it type of thing. Um, but I will be back, but for now I'm taking a break. Yeah, I mean... That's like how it goes with a long-term fitness journey as you don't necessarily do the same things all the time. And I mean, uh, you might have different new interests or challenges that come up, which is exactly what has been the case for you with triathlons. And the nice thing is that once you're consistent and, you know, you have a decent level of shape, uh, I mean, obviously there's a lot of skill that goes into jujitsu that might get a little rusty, but like you have the ability to take on these challenges and that's, it's so fun to see it. And I love that you are aiming for a half Ironman. That's really exciting. So um, I think you've told me before, but share with the listeners, how many triathlons have you done so far? And like, what do you have planned for this year? Because you're not just like doing one a year, you're, you're really going, you have a whole bunch lined up, if I recall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a whole schedule. So in the beginning of each, I started last year, making, making the decision, I just read, I read this passage yesterday from the book. I'm, I'm also like a, a, a big reader, but there's this one passage, the author, um, Rick Warren is the author. She said, make a decision and then finding kind of solving the problems of that decision. So each year, uh, last year especially, I started making a schedule for the year, right? And then, so I, at least I have some sort of places to reach. So I'll make a schedule for a race. So, so last year, uh, I was like, okay, so I want to do four races. That's my goal. And last year, was my goal was four races, just completing four races. Uh, nothing less of either a triathlon sprint or a half marathon. Okay. So I did two half marathons, uh, and then I did two triathlon sprints last year. 
uh, this year, my goal was to really push myself, which as many as many um, races as I could do and also afford. And then also at the end of the year, make it to an Olympic. Since I already did sprints, I wanted to kind of increase the distance for an Olympic. So last year I did two triathlons. This year I've done two. Um, and I have another one coming up in August, which is then my Olympic race. That's going to be in Delaware. Excellent. Uh, so the last the last triathlon I did, uh, the goal for that race was to make it under two hours, which kind of puts me at the Olympic around four four hours, or a little bit under four hours. And I did that. I did that at the last race. I made it uh, 150. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, which is still not around the average, but like I said, like I'm not, I'm, as long as I'm making progress, like I'm not worried about like the time. I think the average time is like 140, 145. So I'm not too far off, but still, you know, um, and yeah, I'm, I love it. That's really, it is. There's always something to, to, to be better at, which I, like I said, it's always about the progress, you know, and, and the process of doing it moving forward I, I absolutely love it so i've done four so far okay very cool so for anyone who lives under a rock and doesn't know what a triathlon is you know you have to swim and then you do a long bike ride and then you do a run that's um, a little shorter than the bike ride but still a substantial run depending on the distance so you know, to prepare for these things, you have to do a lot of training. And that's especially true if you're not a really experienced swimmer, just because swimming is so skill dependent, it takes a lot of practice and repetition. And then of course, you also have to do some longer bike rides and longer runs and brick workouts where you're doing a bike and a run. So what I'm trying to say is that's quite a lot of training. And as you mentioned in the intro, you know, you have multiple professional jobs that you're doing, you're also a stay at home, full time stay at home dad. Uh, and I assume you, you do your own practicing sometimes as well. So I would love to hear how you organize your week or how you think about organizing your week and your schedule to make time for all this so that you can get in the training and get in, you know, time for your family and all the other things that are important to you. Because it's a lot that you're balancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, first and foremost, I think, well, I have to give a shout out to my wife. Um, she's very understanding. <laughs> She's always there, you know, when I'm, yeah, yeah. Having a very supportive spouse is uh, very, very cool uh, and very, very important, I think, to, you know, she, and, and she was there, you know, she stuck with me during the dark times, you know. Now this, these times, is, it's kind of a cakewalk, I guess, too, you know. During those dark <laughs> times, she was, I don't know, I would have left, I would have left a long time ago, you know. So uh, having her and the support from her, um, but really, it comes down to just, like I, I said before, just sacrificing, you know, our times, like even today, for instance, like, I was like, we should go to the park, or we should go to the library, because we're on summer vacation uh, from from school. She's an elementary band director. Oh, okay. Um, so she's she's done, and so is my oldest. And I was like, well, I, you know, I have the podcast, and this morning I did a bunch of calls for, um, I have a couple, and I'm playing the national anthem for, like, this local um, fireworks show, which is um, I feel like this whole summer, music-wise, I'm playing just the national anthem. It's very patriotic <laughs> summer, sure. um, but it's it's great. Um, and so I made a couple calls about that, and like I didn't really get any training done this morning. So I was like, well, I need to get I need to get a bike ride in today, and I need to also practice because I'm playing I'm playing the national anthem for the Phillies on Sunday. So I need to get oh, nice. you know <laughs> some horn time, yeah, so on my face. So again, it's like I would love to go spend time with my my boys and my wife and go to the park and, and if i find time at the end of all that other stuff i would like to do that but 
I got to sacrifice certain things. Sometimes during the day, I would love to go play with my youngest son, but I need to go practice, you know, or I need to do emails or email students. So it's, it's, I'm not saying, and I'm not not saying um, that's a good thing, um, but it's just, it's just the way we live our lives. It's this balance point, you know, it's like this, this wet, this, um, this, this, this uh, scale where like certain moments you have to bring it a little bit higher and then other moments you have to bring it a little bit you know, lower. The next thing too is uh, I started this year and again, I'm, I'm learning. So I'm, 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 I'm constantly trying to better my game up. I read this book by Rich Roll, who is, it was probably the best book I read this year. Um, it's called uh, Finding Ultra. I suggest it to everyone. It is amazing. Uh, he found sobriety. I think he was 32 years old. He found sobriety all through high school. He was this epic swimmer, but in college he had um, kind of a similar, um, I guess, experience. But he was an athlete where he was uh, drinking constantly. Alcohol kind of took over his life and his athletic life. Um, and finally, he found sobriety at 32 with his uh, the birth of his um, his I believe his oldest daughter, if I'm not mistaken. And then from 32 to 40, he was sober. But he was still not taking care of his life. Uh, he was eating uh, for dinner. I think like he was having like four cheeseburgers a night, and he, he could barely make it up the stairs. So on the night of his 40th birthday, he said, "I'm gonna have to make a decision with my diet." And um, he changed his life around. And in two years, he did an Ultraman, not an Ironman, but an Ultraman, which is two Ironmans together. <laughs> and then he did. I think it. I think it's called um, something five. Uh, where he does an Iron Man on each island of Hawaii. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know what it's called though. Yeah, yeah. And so, but um, in this book, he talks about having a written calendar for your training session. So I actually have it here. Oh, perfect. But uh, I, in the calendar, I have you know run like and I try right now at least for June. I'm trying to kind of I, I don't I also don't want to burn out and and. Um, really, really hurt myself, right? Especially after doing a race. Because that's something also that I've learned over the past two years is that um, athletes especially, and I'm really enthusiast for, for fitness, we, we, we push ourselves to the point to where we're, we're injuring ourselves. Um, so you have to find that happy medium where you have to take a rest. You have to take a rest day. So once a week I do take a rest day where I do no physical activity um maybe i'll go for a walk if it was kind of a low-key week uh or i'll do some sort of like weighted vest you know uh some sort of maybe light weight training but for the most part i like to take a rest so after my last race i'm kind of like hunkering down and then going back up the hill so right now i have scheduled like i need to run this day bike this day run swim um i schedule at the local high school there's swimming uh lap swim so tuesdays and thursdays are my lap so obviously that's already chosen for me that's my swim days uh monday i have a coach now which is something new this week as well which we can talk about um which has helped tremendously with my swimming um having a coach that's on mondays uh so sometimes i'll try and do some sort of brick training it's not necessarily brick training because there will be a gap in time between the swim, but maybe I'll like run a little bit, a couple miles in the morning. And then, so having that scheduled though, written down in my calendar saying like, no, you need to do it this time. Like 
is it was it's so crucial especially uh this year for me so i have no excuse you know you're like uh, maybe i'll just go for another run again you know because i'm used to that and it's comfortable for me no no you have to you have to embrace and like face the being uncomfortable you know especially like for me like the bike and the swim is big things because like i said you know i started running I'm, I'm i'm necessarily a runner i guess um so those other disciplines aren't uh that that comfortable for me so so i try and like you know away from the sort sometimes i mean now on the calendar but like no you have to do like an hour and a half two hours on the bike or on the um trainer the bike trainer which i've been using a lot too so that's how i found the time you know having it on the calendar it makes it kind of a necess- necessity you know sacrifice and having a supportive spouse <laughs> so those three things yeah for sure i mean I'll just highlight some of what you said because I, I love it so much. But yeah, even if you're not you're not married or you have some sort of different living situation, like if there's tasks that you can outsource or things you can get help with, uh, if you're trying to balance a lot like that, that goes a long way. But of course, if you are married or you have a partner, you know, asking them to to help, um, hopefully you can get them on board with your with your journey, which is, I mean, definitely the case in your situation. But even if it's, um, you know, you're just getting started. Uh, you know, making sure that you talk to the people in your life about what you're doing and why it's important to you so that they understand and that they are, like I said, on board. I especially love the scheduling thing. That's so, especially like with what you're doing where you have a lot of workouts that you have to do, like it's just so important. Like you don't want to leave this stuff to chance, right? And and two, like you need to know like literally what am I doing this day, (laughs) right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because you have so many different workouts that you're doing and and it seems so simple, but like I think a lot of people just think, oh, I'll, I'll, work out when I feel like it or I'll work out when I have the time. But if you're a busy musician and you have a family, like you might not have the time. But if you put it on your calendar, a lot of times the time appears almost or you just shuffle things around so that you make the time mm-hmm. for it. So that's so important. I would love to hear more about about the coach and like why you is it so is it a triathlon coach? And like, why did you decide to take that step? Actually, one thing I wanted to mention before I talk about the coach, yeah, of course. the scheduling, because um, some people will be like, so obviously life happens. Of course. Right. So it might, it might thunderstorm outside. Like last week, uh, two days where I was supposed to be running outside, it was thunderstorming. So I had to kind of adapt to that, you know, or I could have been, I could have been like, ah, you know what, John, Uh, you know, the weather outside is thunderstorming. You deserve a good day. Um, This saying I've been saying this year is how bad do you want it? Like, John, how bad do you want it? So whenever that type of situation happens uh, and I feel like, oh, you deserve a day off, John. You deserve this. How bad do you want it? Because I've been that person, you know, I've been that person where I felt uncomfortable and I felt in in denial and and looking up to these other people and not being myself. And I've been on the other side of that. So when me saying, how bad do you want it? It kind of reminds me of, of where I was to where I am now. And, and I suggest everyone using that saying, like, if you have a goal, it doesn't have to be even a fitness goal, a health goal, uh, a music goal, uh, an education, um, whatever type of goal it is, how bad do you want that goal? Because life is going to test you mm-hmm. either with weather or with whatever. And believe me, it, it, it's so easy to just say, you know what? Yeah, I deserve this. Like, or you know what? Yeah. But, but, you know, the, the, the easy the easy part is not is not um helpful you know 
Um, so I think it's it's important to you know to say that too, even with the schedule, because like I'll have a schedule and then weather will happen, or you know something else in life will take place where I need to like I have a family gathering all of a sudden and I need to like rearrange my schedule or this might fit better in this little gap of time. So you also also have to be aware of that like that happens. So with the with the uh, my 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 coach. So uh, they started this this year. Her name's Lisa Leg. Um, she's awesome because she's like super hoopy. Uh and I mean that in like the best way possible. She's like super lovely, but she's also like like she's just great. Uh, they started triathlon uh, swim classes uh, through this program it's called DV Ace. Our school district is Delaware Valley, so DV Ace. It's uh, Monday evenings, and so uh, again, when I started swimming last year, I was it, I was just it was. <sighs> <laughs> it was very rough it was very rough and so i told her that you know again you have to be at, don't you know embrace being comfortable you have to be humble enough i think the quote is what is the quote be humble enough to suck at something long enough you know uh and i was like yeah you you that, that quote is totally right like you have to be uncomfortable so i told her i was like look like my breathing when I'm finding a rhythm with my breath is horrible. My stroke pattern is horrible. I'm also super, super short. So finding that sort of, um, I guess, length in the pools is somewhat difficult to me because I'm stocky. And uh, she worked with me with different strokes, different patterns, and, and finding a rhythm to just breathe. It's so, and the simplicity of it all, of what she gave me, was so amazing. And you would think I would know this stuff because it's very similar to what you would get even from a very successful and knowledgeable musician for like a private lesson, you know, but I just never clicked it. You know, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, and um, just doing that has, has helped, helped me. I think it, like 10 minutes from last year to this year with it's my pretty swim. substantial. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. And, and um, I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing the program again. It starts at the end of the month. Um, next next Monday actually and having her and there's, there's a few other students there um, and she gives us um, equal amount of time working on individuals you know as we as we work there's a lot of laps in that in that session um, and it's been super super helpful just having someone there to to because we I think like we um, as athletes or musicians we need that kind of outside feedback um, because we can be very, um, very confident, you know, we're like, oh yeah, like I got this, like how, this looks great. Like I'm doing great. Like I'm, you know, you could, I, like, for instance, like last year I was doing tons and tons of laps back and forth, but my stroke patterns and my, my speed and my length in the pool and my breathing were just all horrible. <laughs> but I was so focused on like, you know, oh yeah, my, I'm doing a number of laps. That's great. So, but having that outside feedback to where like, no, this is how you can help those the speed like those laps is, is just so crucial and it's the same thing with like taking a private lesson like i said you know here and there always maintaining the attitude of the student pretty much you know and it's been great yeah i'm looking forward to it and uh, uh this month with her again to kind of increase uh the distance especially uh because since i'm doing the olympic is uh is great and also trying to talk to her a little bit about doing some outside like lake swimming um because it's, it's a little different as you know, not a little different, it's a lot different. <laughs> a lot different you know, potentially, um, yeah. <laughs> from the pool, yeah. From the pool to the lake or even the lake to the to the ocean. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, good for you. And I, I love that you said all that because I, I mean, I guess I'm biased, but I personally see so many similarities between music teaching, going to music school, taking private lessons and working with a good 
coach in some avenue of fitness. And it's exactly what you said. Like a lot of times we are doing the same things over and over. We're in our own bubble and we don't see what our blind spots are, whether that in your case was maybe some technical issues or inefficiency, um, which could also be the case if you're like lifting weights or something. It might also be the way that you're structuring your training week. Um, it might be, you know, your program when you go into the gym or whatever, and, and just having a, an experienced set of eyes that it's like a step removed and isn't living your life and doing what you're doing every day is very helpful. And I think that um, musicians, like if they have the opportunity, if they have some sort of a fitness goal and they have the opportunity to work with a coach, it can be really helpful. And it's fun because you do start to see those similarities between like a really great teacher that you had, whether that was when you were younger or in college and, you know, a really great coach. So I'm, I'm glad that you found that, especially for swimming, because it's really hard. <laughs> uh, if you're, it's really hard. And um, you know, it's, it's funny, though, like it's, it's it's become like one of my favorite disciplines now. It was oh, like my so worst. Last, it's become my, it was my worst last year. And now I love it. Like I'm still, I'm still, you know, it's still not <laughs> pretty at all. Um, but I love it. I just love it, especially swimming in the lake. Like a lot of the races that I've done are in lakes, mm -hmm. and swimming in the lake, it's just so beautiful. And it's yeah, it's great. a very serene, almost even if it's like wavy, <laughs> it still feels <Yeah>. serene. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. Um, I love it. I love it. Yeah, and I think that's a testament too to what you said earlier about yourself, which is a huge strength that not everybody has, probably including myself, which is that you said you love sucking at something new and like <laughs> the process of getting better and like having that attitude is so powerful because it just allows you to not get hung up in your ego or whatever and you can try new things and, and take on challenges. So that's definitely a, um, a testament to you, like I said. So in, in our last little bit here, I'd love to talk more specifically about kind of what you see as the relationship between fitness and your role as a musician, as a music educator. So my first question for you is, do you see any spe like specific carryovers? They could be physical, they could be mental or something else between your fitness routine, your training, and uh, how well you are as a performer or as a music educator? Oh, okay. That's a big one. Yeah, so I will say health-wise, okay, for me, sobriety, without sobriety, I none of this stuff. My fitness routine with triathlons or jiu-jitsu, with running, with my family life, and my, my professional life as a musician would not be here. It was um, taking a downfall right before I found sobriety, I was burning bridges because it was very selfish lifestyle. Um, and um, that happens with a lot of musicians. You know, I, I say this to my wife a lot and it's, it's kind of sad. I've been around a lot of people now the past three and a half years. I've been around um, addicts. I've been around martial artists. I've been around triathletes. I've been around runners. I've been around construction workers. I've been around police officers. I've been around military. Um, but the musicians, the musicians can be very, very um, kind of um, rude and kind of, um, they, 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 they are very arrogant when it comes to newcomers um, and understanding different people's um, way of life. And I think that is kind of a connection to how they're um, dealing with their own mental health. With me, it was, it was exactly that. I was very arrogant and rude and disrespectful to other musicians and other people with their time and what their life was. Um, and I was burning bridges because of that. 
with sobriety and with mental mental health especially i think it's so crucial with a musician uh to kind of because we 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 express ourselves through the music but we're giving it away we're not necessarily coming to terms with what's inside we're, we're, we're explaining it but we're not accepting it as a musician so with physical fitness especially like I said, for me, it was more of a mental health um, outlet, you know, with physical fit or with, uh, with, with fitness. Um, it wasn't necessarily the physical side. Yeah, I mean, the physical came. Like, I lost 60 pounds, right? I was 220, now I'm um, like 160. And that's great, and that's amazing. But I didn't do that for that reason. I didn't, I didn't continue it because of that reason. It was because I needed some sort of other, because music wasn't letting me kind of sweat out and 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 let go and come to terms uh and understanding and accepting most importantly those past experiences that all musicians feel that's why we get into it right we're very damaged people musicians you know or artists in general very damaged you know there's some sort of there's some sort of past experience that you say that the reason why you go into music to begin with right so you kind of want to express that but you need to also come to terms with it it's very very important and I think that's the kind of connection between fitness and health and and music. I think that's that's super crucial. Um, sorry, I just forgot the question now. <laughs> no, no, you're good. I was asking, you know, what connections you see between your your health and your fitness practices yeah. and your ability to be a good musician. So you're absolutely answering the question. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. So yeah, with so with sobriety, number one, uh, I wouldn't. None of this stuff would would um, would be here without that. Now with with uh, triathlons and jujitsu, my mental health is better, like I said, um, because I'm accepting and kind of coming to terms with certain things that are happening in my life in the past and also in the, in the present, you know. And that helps me be a better musician um, because I'm able to then accept the fact and own my expression, you know, because I understand where it's coming from and mm -hmm. I've, I've accepted where it's coming from. Like, here I am. This is John. Like, you know, I'm... <laughs> I'm super, super nerdy and I'm awkward and I like to be very emotional when I, when I, when I, when I, uh, when I talk and when I, um, when I teach and when I play and here it is. And if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you don't. And that's who I am. And I think fitness and uh, through jujitsu and also um, through running and then also now with triathlons, with swim, bike, run, that has helped me tremendously just kind of accepting that fact. And it's really a lot of, has to do with the mental side of things, you know. It also, as teaching, I've, I've used a lot of analogies with kind of the process between uh, training for a certain maybe race or um, a competition, like if it's on the jiu-jitsu jiu side of things. That process can be translated as with the student too, you know. Um, I use that a lot, actually, with my students. Like, you know, you don't just all of a sudden say, tomorrow I'm going to go run a marathon, you know? You don't necessarily say that, but you do say, like, hey, you know, I have this 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 um, this training program, this plan, and I have it scheduled that I'm going to work on this section, right? And then this section then connects to this section, and then, okay, here we go. Let's put those two sections together, and then the, tomorrow I'm going to work on this section and this section, and then all of a sudden then you have the whole picture. It's kind of very similar to training for a marathon or training for this race, training for a triathlon or doing a competition. Like you're going to work on these different aspects. I'm going to work on speed today with my running or I'm going to do, you know, um, 
four or five miles today and then on my long runs tomorrow. I'm going to put those then two sections together. And then over time, then you build the endurance and you build the uh, knowledge and, and the necessity to then move forward to then every, put everything together to, to get that whole. And that's with fitness and anything with fitness for that matter. And then with music, you know, no matter if you're focusing on repertoire or, or an etude or a technical study, it, it all connects, you know, the process, especially it, it's, it's super crucial. And I use that as a to kind of explain to students like, you know, I use this, it's a funny analogy. It's very, very weird, but that's who I am. Um, it's like, you know, when you order a pizza, you don't just like take the entire pie and like lift it up and eat the entire pie, right? You take it like slice by slice, yeah. you know? Like younger students love, they're like, yeah, it's so weird, but I get it. Um, you know, it's like slice by slice and then you finish the pie, you know? So yeah, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's funny, like uh, originally I, when I started asking this question to mu guests that are musicians, um, I expected more people to talk more about like physical benefits, being stronger, like having less aches and pains. But actually the thing that most people, almost everyone has said is, some variation of the last part of what you said, which is that it informs um, the way that you think about preparing and practicing and getting better at your instrument. I think like a lot of people or maybe just younger musicians, maybe this is something that most older musicians have learned, but like you think like, oh, I should just be able to play this. If I just repeat it enough times, I'll get better at it. But really like to actually get better at things, you have to break them down into components and you might need to work on a specific mm -hmm. aspect of your technique away from whatever piece you're working on. And I feel like fitness really teaches you that because it doesn't have the same emotional connection, meaning like you might get upset if you're not playing something as well as you want to. And like you can have that in the gym, but it's a little disconnected from like, OK, I'm trying to do a living. I'm trying to do this as a living. You know, there's a lot of pressure yeah. and it teaches you how to build skills and how to practice and how to be patient, how to put together a plan and like that knowledge can then be translated directly into improving your ability to play your instrument or preparing for an audition or a recital or something like that. And yeah. it's, it's just interesting. I keep hearing that some variation of that answer. Um, yeah, the over process, and over. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There have been, uh, especially for, for me, the physical attributes too has helped quite a bit. Like I said, uh, before I found sobriety, I was having difficulty breathing you know sure um so as a as a brass wind player as a brass player um wind you know is our primary kind of important so, yeah <laughs> yeah so my breathing has become um a ton more fluent you know and very free so that the physical attributes has really helped me a lot a lot less tension too when i'm playing for sure i've noticed yeah so but yeah the process is key so um i want to you know start to wrap it up and i'm just curious like you've talked a little bit about this uh, kind of indirectly, but what do you think like are some of the biggest misconceptions about health or fitness that musicians have? Or maybe to put it another way, like, do you think there's anything that people really get wrong that they don't really understand that you want to, you know, share with, with listeners? That you have to be fit to start. That's a big one. Yeah. Especially with like jujitsu. Like a lot of people are like, well, I'm not, I'm not that I need to get, I need to work out and get lose some weight before I start jujitsu. It's like, no, 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 no. You start jujitsu so you can you can lose weight and get more fit. Like that's the way you know that's the way it works. And right. same thing for for any uh, exercise for that matter. Like that's why you start. You don't start to you don't start beforehand. It doesn't make any sense, you know. So you have to be fit to start. I think is a big key. But also that it's it's not like that the body the body we we focus so much as musicians on the emotional side of things 
the emotional aspect of being a musician, but there is the physical a- a- aspect as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I, I teach my students the three, the, I call it the musical trinity. So it's the emotional, the mental, and the physical. Uh, the mental and physical are two key components, and right. exercise <laughs> and, phys- and fitness help with those two key components, you know? It's not just, you know, the emotional side. Yes, that's super crucial, and that's why we buy the ticket, you know? That's why we buy, you know, if Beethoven 5 is playing by Chicago or playing by Philly, it's the same exact thing. Why do we buy two separate tickets? You know, why do we why do we want to hear them differently? It's because of the emotional side, the emotional aspect. It's, you know, that's very, very crucial. But the mental and physical is also, you know, that's two-thirds of it, <laughs> right? You're, and again, I think I said in the beginning of the podcast, too, is like you you don't take your body for granted like I did because it will fail you like sooner or later it will if you if you take your health mental or physical um for granted sooner or later it's gonna it's gonna come up and and bite you in the ass you know life will happen as we talked about before Mm -hmm. so you have to be prepared in that regard um it's a physical activity when we play orchestral instruments it is and uh, i know a lot of people that don't uh, I've heard interviews by trumpet players, especially where they're like, "Well, what about this guy? Like, this guy's, you know, he he can barely stand, but he's playing tremendously on the trumpet." It's like, "Well, how long does he have then? You know, how long does he have to to do that? Maybe he could increase that that beauty and that excellence of him playing if he just if he just kind of focused a little bit on his health." They, I think they that's what they get wrong is that. It, that coalition between the body, the mind, the emotion, that coalition between the three. I think that's super important. And then going back to then also the mental health aspect of things. So I think that it's just primarily, oh, I'm going to go exercise and lose weight. That's everybody's, everybody's thing. It's like, oh, I, I want to lose weight. I'm going to go exercise. But there's so many key factors in, in exercise and, and um, fitness that's not just about losing weight. You know, and a lot of it has to do with the mental health, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what they get wrong when they forget, they, they, they don't realize. For sure. I mean, so much good stuff there. Two things pop out to me. One is, I agree with you. I mean, one of the things that I've said when I've done presentations or even episodes of this podcast where I talk about why do you need to care about working out if you're a musician? Like, one of the benefits is that you so you can have as long of a career as possible and be as healthy as possible for as long as possible. Like, obviously... Yeah many things happen that are outside your control people that are super fit and healthy still get sick we all die but Mm -hmm. you can give yourself the best possible chance of doing this thing that you love and are passionate about for as long as possible before the onset of chronic disease and things like that if you do the work and take care of yourself now so that's that's really important yeah and then the other thing too is i think that what you said about weight loss and exercise is is really important to highlight because I think too many people think the only reason that you work out is to lose weight, which is what you said. And as far as I see it, like the best benefits of exercise don't really have anything to do with weight loss. Like weight loss can be nice. But I think that if you go in with the attitude of I'm only working out to lose weight, like first of all, 
<laughs> you have to do some stuff with your nutrition to lose weight most of the time. And so if you're not willing or able to do those things right now and you don't see the results that you want, you might think, well, this working out thing isn't working. And so you just quit. And mm. then you miss out on all those other benefits, like the, you know, the physical changes to your body and the mental health benefits, which are so powerful. So I think that, yes, we can use exercise as a tool for weight loss. But if you go into it thinking like, this is actually for my overall well-being and for my mental health. And there, even if I never lose a single pound, it's worth it. Then you're a lot more likely to stick with it long enough to see all those benefits. So I love that you said that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a prime example of that. You know, like I said before, in um, leading up to uh, my sobriety, I was working out constantly. I was actually prepping for a Spartan race Oh wow! <laughs> at that time. I, and so I was working out to lose weight. And then I was coming home, but like you said, nutrition is key yeah. to losing weight. And I was coming home and I was drinking constantly and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do the Spartan race. And then I made it six miles. Now every day I run six miles, <laughs> you know, at least six miles, which is, which is just an example of wh where I came from. But, but it's exactly like you said, it's, it's not, it shouldn't, shouldn't focus on, on weight loss because it's not, fitness is not, you know, it's 99%, uh, 95% nutrition and 5%, right? Fitness that's the key for, for weight loss but yeah the mental health yeah it's all it's all worth it as john is a, a testament to <laughs> uh, well john thank you so much for coming on the show i really appreciate you sharing your story and you know your goals and routines and, and all of your wisdom and hopefully it inspires somebody else even if they're not in a you know as dire of a situation as you were to reconsider like how they're approaching taking care of their body and organizing their life and it's just really cool to hear about your transformation and i really appreciate you coming on the show uh, that's my pleasure thank you for having me i hope it's very helpful you're welcome and to all the listeners thank you and i will see you on the next episode thanks so much for listening to this episode of building stronger creatives if something you heard resonated with you i would love for you to share this episode with someone else who might enjoy it i also always appreciate comments ratings and reviews these things help me get the word out to other creatives who could benefit from this type of information. See you back on the next episode. Until then, stay curious, stay passionate, and stay strong.